This is a main hustle media podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the single simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back. Listening to Militantly Mixed. I would like to acknowledge that the Militantly Mixed podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Chumash and the Tongva people, and I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl Maine, the busiest mixed race bisexual, polyamorous atheist, comic book nerd, cat mom, mask making, Gulf Coast Cosmos co-owning, and most recently, the Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crane Award nominee <laughs> for Militantly Mixed, podcaster in the podcasting game. That was a mess. <laughs> Hey y'all, this is episode 120 and it is the last episode of 2020. And I decided to use this one to be our reflections episode, which I usually do at either the end of the year or the beginning of the next year, but it made a lot of sense to do it this week. And I literally just found out like a couple minutes ago that Militantly Mix was nominated for the Asian American Podcasters Association Golden Crane Awards. I believe in the category of racial conversations, they, I guess over the course of the last month, they've been reviewing all of the podcasts that got submitted and Militantly Mixed was one of the selected podcasts. So I'm super excited for Militantly Mixed. I think that it is not something that I would have expected to be this excited about, but I really, really think that because both my insecurities that I have with being acknowledged as an Asian person, since I am of mixed heritage, and also just generally, as much as I love militantly mixed and believe in militantly mixed, I often, you know, feel imposter syndrome and think that, you know, this is just something that I do for me and just a few other people like it. But to to have this acknowledgement, in particular, in an Asian American podcasting arena, I'm actually really excited. (laughs) Um, It's really validating to get acknowledged in Asian circles because it is such a rarity for me and just goes to show you how even mixed girl Maine, who's out here celebrating mixedness and always talking about being your mixed ass self, can also deal with insecurities about their multiracial heritage. Um, And I've talked about it before on the show. I definitely struggle sometimes with my Asian identity, acceptance within my Asian identity, more specifically. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, At the time I'm recording this, this is December 28th. So the award ceremony is tomorrow. It is a virtual award ceremony. So by the time I air this episode, I won't know the results, but you'll see it on social media. Either way, I'm just... I'm I'm sure if the show wins, I'll be super excited and everything like that. But I honestly, and now I get it, 
how cheesy it is that people say it's just an honor to be nominated in my particular case because I do struggle with that uh, Asian validation. Literally, this nomination is actually decent enough validation. (laughs) That's stupid. That sounds stupid. Uh, but whatever. It is what it is. It'll be really exciting if the show wins. And and honestly, I think I hope that this actually gives more Asian people access to Militantly Mixed and perhaps more mixed Asian people who haven't had access to the show before may have access to the show once we have that award ceremony with all the other Asian American podcasters that are out there participating. So I look forward to seeing whatever happens with it. And I'm really excited for Militantly Mix. I think I think it a, I think it is a wonderful thing to be able to have that. And I can always at least say that it was a Golden Crane nominee if it doesn't end up winning. So, anyways, that's the first announcement that I have. I want to say that I started to record this reflections episode over the last like three or four days, and um, I never got a chance to finish because it's just been kind of a hectic. Um, it's oddly hectic because I've been home the whole time. But I've been sick a few days on and off and depression and things like that were kind of getting in the way. I just couldn't seem to finish anything. In fact, at the time I'm recording this, the episode that we recorded for Blurred Comics last week, I haven't even finished editing and it should have been up days ago. Uh, So that just goes to show you like how even when you have technically have time off, uh, when depression rages, it just really gets in the way of progress. And I was uh, behind on everything that I shouldn't have been behind on because I had time to get it all done. But the last day, like yesterday before, and it doesn't have anything to do with the the nomination, although that does give me a big boost today. Uh, Yesterday, I started to turn around a bit. It it started to get a little bit um, better yesterday. So, you know, it swings. Uh, Sometimes it's pretty difficult to function regular basic tasks. And sometimes, um, I overcompensate by doing too much. So, uh, depression, anxiety is a, is a, is a motherfucker. It really can't get in the way sometimes, but I wanted to take this opportunity to just kind of talk about what's gone on through militantly mixed over the last year, which is when I was sitting down trying to think about what this year has been like, I mean, I don't know how to even start. I mean, I haven't listened back to it. I probably should have before doing this, but um, I remember last year's Reflections episode, me being super duper hopeful about 2020 um, because during the months of November and December, I had been offered or invited to participate in a number of events. Some were speaking engagements, some were just like having a booth at an event and stuff like that. And so I really felt like 2020 was gonna be my year. (laughs) And that is real off brand for me. Like I am a pessimist, I am skeptical of anything positive because I think that there's something bad on the other end of it. It's just kind of in my training (laughs) um, for the way life has been. And so it's very rare that I'm super optimistic and hopeful about things. And usually when that happens, um, there is something bad on the tail end of it. So I usually just anticipate that happening. But last year, Blurred Comics had been invited to have a booth at the Black Nerd Expo in 
Maricosta College, which was the only event that I actually did get to do last year, and that was on February 29th. Blurred Comics was also accepted for a panel at the Blurred Con in D.C., which was a, a Comic-Con I've wanted to go to since it started. And so it was a big deal to have our panel accepted, and that was going to take place in June, which obviously didn't happen. And then on the Military Mix front, I was invited to the Mixed Race Heritage Conference in Seattle, which was supposed to be in February, I believe, but that got canceled. Uh, or March, I forget exactly when that was, but that one got canceled. Tickets bought, hotel reserved, the whole thing. So I have a credit sitting with an airline for that one. I was invited to speak at the Mixed Race Heritage Conference at UCLA in May, which was going to be a really, really big deal for me. It was the thing that I was the most excited about happening in 2020. Um, and I'd been invited to that in November of 2029. So I was basically preparing, sending over my ideas for what I was going to talk about and everything. And of course, that got canceled. Uh, WakandaCon, we were supposed to go to WakandaCon as Gulf Coast Cosmos for the first time in August. Um, tickets bought, paid for, flights, hotels reserved, also canceled. So got a credit sitting on the... Uh, on the airline for that as well. And um, and yeah, just one after another, every event that we had planned, either through Military Mix, Blurred Comics, or Gulf Coast Cosmos, basically all shut down, and uh, which everybody was dealing with. You know, traveling couldn't happen, shelter in place was happening. And I started to feel really lost. I didn't know how to get it back, how to get back the momentum that 2019 had given Militantly Mix and myself specifically to be able to do all these great things that we were anticipating happening. And even now, as I sit here uh, at the end of December 2020, I'm not sure. I don't think it's done. I think the momentum for the shows are definitely picking up. And of course, in August, I launched my business with my business partner, Byron Kennedy, Gulf Coast Cosmos comic book company. Although we weren't able to open our physical store in August, we did launch online and we've been doing pretty steady business ever since we launched, which I think is pretty wonderful for an online comic book store that wasn't forced into online after having a store, but legitimately had to start online because we couldn't physically open our store yet. But we're on the path now so that when we do have an opening hopefully next August 2021, that we'll actually already have a, a fairly steady customer base. So it's, you know, positive and negatives, I guess. Some great things that did happen for Militantly Mixed is I was invited back to speak at um, the Spectrum Pride event for Sierra College, which if you followed me for a while, you know I've done that in uh, 2018. And... I did an event in 2019, but I don't believe it was the Spectrum Pride event. But through them, I have had an opportunity through Sierra College. I've had an opportunity to speak at the Lavender Library in Sacramento, California, and to also record several in-person interviews with um, mixed race and LGBTQ plus students. And it is really been a nice relationship to have with Sarah College. One is because that is a college that I went to. My very first uh, right out of high school, I went to Sarah College when I was um, 18. And I developed a lot of relationships there that have stayed with me to this day, including Johnny Terry, who is the reason why I was able to set up um, those events with um, Sarah College. And so even though we weren't able to travel to do this like I had been doing, 
it was great to get a chance to do a virtual conference, which had a lot of decent names on there, people that are more known for doing work than I feel I am or Militantly Mixes yet. But to be on that roster felt good. It felt like a really strong acknowledgement for the show. So in coming to the end of the year, when Asian American podcasters announced that they were accepting uh, applications for podcasts, I felt ready to submit Militantly Mix. I haven't submitted Militantly Mix to any previous award show, um, any previous podcaster awards leading up to this because I personally didn't feel ready yet. I, as much as I enjoyed and loved doing the show, I didn't know if the show was ready for competing at that level. And I'm not a very competitive person, so I also probably wouldn't know (laughs) when was the right time, but it felt right. It felt like we had done enough work by that point to submit. And um, so getting that acknowledgement does, does mean a lot. And I hope that for all of the events, oh yeah, I, I also missed out, uh, missed mentioning that I was a scholarship winner this year for Colexicon, which is uh, the largest uh, LGBTQ plus women's conference in the world. And I was a scholarship recipient for that. I was going to have flights and, and hotels and passes and everything to this big event in Vegas in April of 2020. And of course that didn't happen. Most of the things that I had booked in 2020 or for 2020 was getting postponed to 2021. So depending on how this thing works out with the vaccine or whatever, if there's in-person events a lot of what I had scheduled will roll over, which is another reason why I'm hopeful. Ugh, I hate saying the word hopeful, um, that it will still be able to happen and we'll still be able to build off of the momentum that Militantly Mix has had over the last year and a half and change, I think. Hopefully, Colexicon will will take off, even if it's later. Um, uh, BlurredCon did confirm that they would they would roll over our panel to, to the next year. Um, Mixed Race Heritage Conference at UCLA also said that they would roll over next year. So I really hope that regardless of how they end up doing it, whether it's a virtual conference or in person and the vaccine has been administered broadly enough by that point, I really look forward to having these opportunities for um, myself, for Militantly Mix, for Blurred Comics, and for Gulf Coast Cosmos because those are... Everything I do is connected and related in some way, shape, or form. And I and if there's a boon for one, it's a boon for all. And I really am hoping that um, I can continue to ride this momentum for Militantly Mixed um, into into the next year. <sighs> but in terms of like legitimate reflections. This year has done a number on a lot of us, um, you know, besides the fear of the coronavirus, um, the grief and the mourning that we experience from anybody we may have lost, or just the collective knowledge that that many people have died as a result of maybe something that wasn't initially pre- uh, preventative, but certainly the number of people that died was preventable by the time we knew what was happening and the continued negligence in some places like 
United States um, has caused more harm than good. I know other countries also have been sort of guilty of being a little soft on this and and that's why it's exploded or exploded again in in those places but since i since i live in the states i'll i'll only refer to the states um just because i have the the front hand knowledge of it it's been tough to try to keep doing stuff when this is happening part of it feels wrong or selfish um but then at the same time it feels important to keep doing, to keep living. And in ways that um, Militantly Mix coped with that is through the social distancing hangouts that we started back in March um, that are still going every Sunday to this day. Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific, which is the time zone I live in, we get together. And for the most part, a good half of the participants have been around since almost the beginning. Uh, we get new people all the time. We lose people on occasion or they come back a month or so later, things like that. But for the most part, it has been, I think, something that kind of saved my motivation for Militantly Mixed over the course of this year. I started the first one on a whim because I was feeling really disconnected and I didn't expect anybody to show, but three people showed. Shout out to uh, Lorelai, Jay, and Mona Lisa. And then the next week it got a little bit bigger and the next week it got a little bit bigger and it continued to grow over the course of, I guess now at this point we've been doing it for nine months. And it does feel a little bit like therapy, although it wasn't intended for that necessarily. It was really more intended for connection. But in, in anything that is that has a connection element to it, there is something therapeutic about it. Uh, getting to see a gallery of mixed race faces every week has a very therapeutic feel to it. And I remember there's just times when I outright cried because I don't think I had had many opportunities uh, to be in a room full of mixed people that I wasn't related to. And even though it was virtual, it still felt lived in a manner of speaking. And I've developed relationships that I think I've, I've gone past, you know, a listener podcast relationship to actual friends, even though we aren't in proximity. I'm developing relationships that I think are really meaningful and that I hope remain long after whatever we're going through right now happens. Should we stop the social distancing hangouts or, or whatever? I think... Um, I've grown to really love and care about the people that participate on a weekly basis on that in that group. And it's been really wonderful having an opportunity to sort of learn and grow more in a quicker amount of time because I'm having more conversations with the regular episodes of Militantly Mixed, you know, I can be having one-on-one -on -one conversations multiple times in a week. And then not again for several weeks, depending on how the recording schedule goes. It's a little bit more evened out now. But when I first started, it would be like the second someone was willing to meet with me, I started recording. And then their episode may not air for like two months because I had recorded people. I had banked so many recordings. Now I try to actually record in such a manner that you'll never go more than like three or four weeks before your episode airs. And most likely your episode will air within a week or two. That's what I, I think would be better. It's less anticlimactic for the participant. 
And, you know, if there is something timely that we're talking about, it gets on quicker. And that's also something that I needed to do to regulate my own mental health as well is to not load myself up with all these stories. Because sometimes, you know, we do talk about trauma a lot. I needed to give myself space uh, between every interview. So I try not to do more than one in a day if I can. And if I have to do more than one in a day, I try not to do another one for a week or so just to give myself some space between them. You know, so I learned a lot that way. But with the social distancing hangouts, um, the conversations are even more organic than the ones that I have on a one-to-one because although I try not to prep too hard for every one-on-one I do, I learn some basics about the person and stuff like that, but I really want to have a a genuine organic conversation. Um, But sometimes people come to me because they have a book they're, they're releasing or they're doing some work with an organization or they're an artist or a musician or, or they just come wanting to talk about something that they don't often get to talk about. And in that case, you know, we are kind of focused, but on the social distancing hangouts, anything can happen. Um, if something significant happens that week, it will obviously be something that we talk about the politics or the coronavirus or, you know, whatever is happening. But sometimes it really is me just saying, what are we all feeling today? What do we want to talk about today? And someone says, well, I have something. And that's usually what happens. And so I believe that my growth in terms of my understanding of the mixed race experience in a more broad and general sense has increased, improved. I don't know the right word for that. I think I've, I've seen things that I hadn't experienced before, or I haven't met somebody through Militantly Mixed who has had those experiences before. And therefore, it's new to me and a lot more faster, a a lot more frequent, I think, through the social distancing hangouts. So I want to say that my major, major takeaway from this year or the thing that I think it's safe to say I'm the most grateful for that happened in this really rough year related to Militantly Mixed is the social distancing hangouts. I'm pretty sure that without it... It might have been hard to maintain the momentum um, to do the show because there was just such constant grief and in a different kind of way than my depression works. I think a lot of us, but I will speak for myself, were grieving something really intangible, the, the, the idea that the whole world was being impacted by the same thing at the same time. And um, the loss of outside, (laughs) um, I think was part part of that feeling of grief. The, The loss of that kind of control over your life where you could decide what you're going to do today, that, I mean, obviously you could still decide to go and do things, but it had to be weighted against your fear of contracting a coronavirus, your fear of spreading it if you have it and are asymptomatic, um, whether or not it would feel the same because not as many people were out or, you know, whatever the thing is. And because collectively we all have this dark cloud hanging over our heads, it's hard to let all the way go, let go all the way for an experience, it has been really difficult for that this year. Um, 
and I, I know I have a few times of that happening throughout my life where I was really just able to let go and be in the moment. And I don't feel like that was really possible at all this year. Um, so that is why I think the group chat helped because it kept me grounded to the mission of Militantly Mixed, which has always been to discuss race and identity with mixed race people in such a way that we're creating both an archival footprint of mixedness um, for people to always be able to find even after I'm gone. Um, but also to enrich and encourage people's mixedness to feel more comfortable in your mixed ass skin, you know, to be your mixed ass self. And I wanted these, I wanted this show to do that for people. I, when you deal with imposter syndrome and stuff like that, you, you, you convince yourself it's not possible. You're not that significant. Why would my story be important for anybody? Why would anybody care? But I ultimately pressed record for the first time because if nobody ever listened to it, I was still going to benefit. Um, if I got a chance to talk to more mixed race people, uh, and I was the only person who got to hear those stories, I would both make a connection with another mixed race person and I would learn something about the mixed experience that was different from my experience and it was going to be good. I didn't need big numbers for that. I still don't feel like I need big numbers for that in the sense of like, I want to be famous for podcasting about mixed raceness. If that happens, that happens. But that wasn't the goal. The goal was the conversations. And I've managed to be able to maintain that goal throughout the entire two and three quarter years of doing the show. The fact that it has grown and the numbers have gone up is gravy, right? It's extra. It's I want more people to gain access to the show because I want more people to feel comfortable in their mixedness. I want people to hear other mixed race people's stories and, and say, me too. I, I connect with that. I'm not alone in this. I want that. And to spread it more broadly, obviously we would need the numbers to grow quite a bit. And they have, they've grown significantly since I started the show, but it's not, you know, the most famous podcast on the planet. And it, it probably wouldn't ever achieve that. The fact that it's achieved what it has it's just wonderful because that means that it's not just me being enriched by mixed race stories. It's, you know, it's all of us, all of us that are listening. Um, and I, I do hope that it grows more broadly, but I hope that because I, I want other people to have access to this medicine that I get every week, <laughs> if that makes sense. So it's this weird thing. I think if you go into podcasting or any creative endeavor with the intent that like the fame or the potential fortune that can come along with stuff, um, if that's the goal, I don't think success is going to be easy. Whereas the position I'm in, I already feel like I'm wildly successful. Yeah, I don't make a living doing this. Um, a lot of my own money goes into it in addition to the Patreon sponsors to keep it going. 
but I get these emails from people all the time that tell me about how one episode in particular affected their life. Um, I get told all the time that if not for the show, this person would not have connected as much to their mixedness and, it, and a, a hole is being filled in their life because they're they're able to do it now in a way that they weren't before. I get emails or DMs or tweets that tell me that whatever it is that Militantly Mix is doing, which is really just one-on-one conversations about, about being mixed, that, that that is affecting someone's everyday life. Like they're able to feel better about themselves because this show exists. And that is crazy. I never expected that. I really, really just wanted to talk to more mixed people and I just hoped that other people would like it. I didn't really think about it being therapeutic. I didn't really think about it being a way to dig myself out of depression. I didn't think it would be a way for other people to make connections that they didn't feel they could make on their own. Um, And the fact that that has happened... is it's just beyond I I just never expected I never expected that this thing that I needed so much was going to affect other people too and I'm really grateful for that Um, I'll admit there were a couple times this year that I felt deflated enough to want to stop, but in a kind of halfway of just like wanting to stop, wanting rest, wanting to not have the responsibility. Um, but knew that I couldn't like knew that I couldn't stop for both myself and for, for others. Um, one thing that this show has done to me is create a responsibility where there wasn't one before, right? I pressed record on these conversations and I put them up on the internet and people start to listen and then people start to need it. And they let me know that they need it. They send me emails or DMs or tweets. And they tell me, I need this thing. Keep doing this thing. I need more of this thing. Um, So it becomes a responsibility. And at the same time that it's a responsibility, it's also something that I need to stay healthy. But like with anything, sometimes it's tough. Um, Sometimes it's really hard to do. Um, sometimes it's super emotional. Sometimes it's disappointing. Sometimes it's frustrating when I still feel that the person's story is important to share, even though it's clear that we're not vibing. (laughs) Um, in the history of the show, there's only been a couple of recordings that I never aired uh, either because 
the conversation didn't really go well or it would be hard to cut it together in a way that would improve it, especially in the beginning. Um, I didn't know enough yet to, to know how to take out the parts that were going to uh, not add to the story and leave in the stuff that would. Um, I didn't know how to deal with sort of bland conversations, I think. Um, and I do a little bit better now. Um, and then there was a, a couple others that just like were so negative that it was hard to feel good about putting them out. Um, and nothing, I didn't want to censor anything. But there does come a time where when you put your name on something, you know, Military Mix is a creation of, of mine, that when somebody's story has a, a flavor of hate in it, <laughs> uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, or willful violence, that those weren't things that I wanted to share and ultimately didn't. Um, so there's been times that I've made some decisions that, um, would make me not put a recording up. And for the most part, I've been lucky. I haven't had a whole lot of nastiness directed at me during this show, but, um, there has been a few with respect to not releasing episodes based off of violence and or hatefulness. It's not that that's not part of the mixed race story. You know, some people have violence in their, their story. Some people are the violence in their story. Some people have a lot of hate and resentment. I have hate and resentment. But I, there's a way of talking about things that, and then there's a way that would be really hard for me to be comfortable putting my name on it and putting it out if it's taken out of context or if it's already listened to partway through or if it's the only episode you listen to of the show. So yeah, there's been times when it's been tough and I haven't wanted to keep going even though I have wanted to, but you know, there's just sometimes you want to stop. And there's been a lot more of those times this year than before, but something always pushes me through, be it the social distancing hangout or a well-timed email from somebody that just happens to be talking about exactly the thing that's making me feel down. But ultimately I know that without Militantly Mix, I wouldn't be as far in my life as I am right now. It's only been two, like I said, two and three quarters a year since I've been doing the show. But uh, without the show, I'm not sure that I would have convinced myself that I was capable of giving a lot of things up to start this business uh, with Byron, Gulf Coast Cosmos. It was something I've always wanted to do. Le legitimately, I have always wanted to have my own comic book store. And I always thought that was just something I was always going to always want to have done. Uh, but because Militantly Mix gave me so much confidence and proof that I can do something that I set my mind to, belief in myself, really. I was able to start this company with my friend and we're doing business. So much of what I'm doing right now in my life comes from Militantly Mix. Militantly Mix was the first podcast I ever started. Since then, I've done a couple others. Some I've stayed with. Some are in just waiting in the, in the vault until I have more time to work on it. Um, Blurred Comics is the one that stuck. You know, we started Blurred Comics as a militantly mixed, black-focused 
conversation podcast, but that one didn't really sit right. It didn't feel right to keep it up. And since we almost always ended up talking about comics eventually anyway, we ended up changing to Blurred Comics and that that worked, that fit. And then I started by Furious to talk about um, POC, LGBTQ plus issues. And that one was a lot of work and a lot of resistance and it didn't feel good doing it all the time. So I stopped for now. It is something I still want to do. It's conversations I still want to have, uh, but I don't have the um, energy and the heart to work on it at the moment. So I just have it tabled for now. And I have a couple other podcasts that are sort of waiting in the wings for me to have my studio space so that I can pull them off. And I wouldn't have gotten near this far if I hadn't pressed record a militantly mix first. Everything that I do comes from militantly mixed. And I'm really grateful that y'all have stayed with me, that you've shared the show, that you're sponsoring the show through Patreon or PayPal or buying t-shirts. I don't know because I haven't spoken to all of the podcasters, but a lot of the independent podcasters I know, I don't get the sense from them that they have near the kind of support that I have on this show. Um, the engagement with listeners, the participation in events or things that I want to do or conversations that I want to talk about, the Patreon sponsors. Like, I don't think most of the people I know in independent podcasting get this much support. I can even tell you that in the other shows that I've done, we never got near the kind of support that I get on Militantly Mixed. And I am beyond grateful for that. And I know it's like a mutual thing. I know that you're giving to me because you're getting and I continue to give because I'm getting also. I know that that's what's happening. But it's so special. It's so specific to militantly mixed more than anything else that I do. So <laughs> so funny. When I started the idea of doing the reflections episode, I really thought it was going to be depressing. But the more that I'm sitting here talking, the more I realize just how much good came out of this year, despite how much bad was happening. And for those of you listening who have lost people this year or have suffered yourself with the coronavirus, All I can say is that even without knowing you, I feel like to a degree I'm grieving with you because I really do feel the weight of this pandemic. I have such fear about it and I have reduced my life, my, my, my life so much, my activities so much um, down to just basic needs militantly mixed being one of them. Um, this has been a terrifying year for us. And I know that we still have a long road ahead. Uh, the vaccine's not going to be widely available for quite a while. Um, and I really hope that all of our medical providers are able to get it quickly and early 
And then I hope it goes to essential workers more than uh, it really is disturbing that like the Senate and the House got it, even though so many of them are resistant to um, any protections related to the coronavirus. Um, but yet we have, you know, minimum wage workers out there still working, being constantly exposed and being constantly mistreated. Um, I hope that somebody figures out that they deserve it earlier if they want it, um, then a lot of these, you know, rich lawmakers that are disconnected from, from the rest of us, um, but making decisions on our behalf. <sighs> I'm still going to do my best to be hopeful about the future of military mix and, and all the other things that I'm doing too. I hope that we are able to pull off that in-person retreat if not in 2022, maybe by 2023. Um, many of us have talked about it. It's been in my bucket list for the show for quite a while. And until we know we can go back outside <laughs> and hug and touch people again, um, I, I'm not going to make any irresponsible decisions on behalf of, of the show just because of something I want to do. So we'll still go out there. Eventually I'll be traveling to different cities and hosting live recordings. Eventually we will do the retreat. Eventually I would love to do a heritage trip or a series of heritage trips through Militantly Mix where we, um, those of us who share uh, ethnic heritage will be able to do pilgrimages to places that our people come from. These are all things that I want to do. I want to write the book. I want to write the comic that I've been kind of writing over the last year. Um, all in due time. I will do my best to remain hopeful about the possibilities. Um, but more than anything, my major takeaway is just how grateful I am to all of you that help me keep this going, either through the messages you send me, the participation in the social distancing hangouts, um, the retweeting, regramming social media posts, um, the engagement on the Facebook group and on the Discord channel. I think one of the greatest things is seeing actually other people make connections and develop relationships too. I mean, I've, I've developed friendships, but I've found people making connections based off of shared experiences or something and they're now friends and connected. So that's going to be my big takeaway. That's how I'm going to try to end 2020 is remembering that despite the fact that this year has been so terribly difficult and that the end is not super close, uh, that we still have a long road ahead to resolve what we've all gone through this last year, um, that a lot of good has also happened through the show and I'm going to remain grateful for that and I will continue to do this work for as long as I'm humanly capable of doing it and I believe that when I feel down again which I'm it's bound to happen at some point when I feel like I'm ready to give up or I'm losing a little bit of hope um, that I'll be able to reach out to you, you all and you'll help me find it again. So 
Thank you to everybody for giving me such a wonderful experience. I'm so grateful. Thank you for making the work worthwhile. And I hope that as this year comes to an end, that you're all able to find ways of looking forward and finding ways to get back out there in some way, shape or form, if you can, and if you want to. I think that's it because <laughs> I'm a damn wreck now. So um, stay tuned to the social media platforms to hear about the results with the the Golden Crane Awards for Militantly Mixed. Again, it is so wonderful to be acknowledged in an Asian American space as a mixed Asian. Um, it's the place that I feel um, most of my imposter syndrome in. So it means a lot to have this nomination. For as forever, I can at least say that the show was acknowledged in an Asian space, and that's really meaningful to me. If you don't already, please follow us on all the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, at Militantly Mixed, Facebook.com slash Militantly Mixed, or you can join the private group, um, which is Militantly Mixed Podcast, Facebook.com slash group slash Militantly Mixed Podcast. Uh, you will be asked one question to join, and um, then I will approve you. And if you haven't already but are interested in joining the social distancing hangout um, by joining the Facebook private group, you can get access to the link or you can reach out to me at Charmaine at militantlymix.com and um, let me know that you would like access to the um, social distancing hangout that way. And as always, Militantly Mix is a fan sponsored podcast and without your financial support, it is very difficult to continue to produce this show. So if you are able to and want to obviously uh you can go to patreon.com slash militantly mix and sponsor the show as low as a dollar to as high as anything you wish and there are different reward levels depending on uh, what level of participation you are in um i do have my t-shirt levels are going to be getting their t-shirts they finally arrived so they'll be getting their t-shirts hopefully as soon as usps can get it out to you um so that you can start the new year with your militantly mixed t-shirts. And um, if you would like to sponsor the show, but you don't want to commit to a monthly sponsorship, you can go to paypal.me slash militantly mixed and drop some coins in that tip jar as well. And of course, you can always go to militantlymixed.com to either click on the be a guest link and fill out the form to be put in the uh, roster for upcoming recordings or to get access to the t-shirts or, or anything like that. And also the episodes are up on there as well. And again, thank you all so much for giving me such a wonderful experience in being the host of Militarily Mixed. And don't forget to be your mixed ass selves. Peace out. Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, the one. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. 
If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantly mixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.